Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Penny C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. Today is Friday, August 7th, 2020. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page Roman numeral 28, that's XXVIII, and we're just going to read the first paragraph that begins with, We believe. The reference numbers for yesterday, which was August 6th, are these. The uh, 7 a.m. meeting, 15,114, 15114. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern time, I don't yet have it. So we'll be waiting. I'll be waiting to see if um, that'll be sent to me. The readers for today, the team for today, the 12 steps, Diana H., Diana H., excuse me, the 12 traditions, Joanne L., and the readers of the text are Barbara P., Irene B., and Susan H. will be our backup person. The newcomer greeter will be Matt F., and the host of the second hour is Russ M., the OA preamble. OA Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose is this. OA's OA's fifth tradition states, Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Diana H. to read the 12 steps for us. Thank you, Penny. Good morning. Diana H. from Round Rock, Texas, Compulsive Eater. The 12 Steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. Sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him. 
praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Diane H. And now, Joanne L., would you read the 12 traditions? Joanne, we can't hear you. I'm so sorry, Penny. Hi, everyone. This is Joanne from Rhode Island, Compulsive Overeater, recovering the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever nonprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is a spiritual tradition of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass, and happy birthday to you tomorrow, Penny, and to Dr. Bob. Thank you, Joanne L. And I'm going to take a moment to um, share the the um, access codes for yesterday. The 7 a.m. meeting was 15,114, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 15,115. That was 15115. Here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep it to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, 
and paredes is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you would press star one to unmute yourself. Once you have done your sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page Roman numeral 28, which is XXVIII, and we are going to ask Barbara P. to start that reading for us. The paragraph begins with, we believe, just that one paragraph. Good morning, Barbara. Good morning. This is Barbara P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. We believe, and so suggested a few years ago, that the action of alcohol on these chronic alcoholics is a manifestation of an allergy, that the phenomenon of craving is limited to this class and never occurs in the average temperate drinker. These allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all, and once having formed the habit and found they cannot break it, Once having lost their self-confidence, their reliance upon things human, their problems pile up on them and become astonishingly difficult to solve. Oh, so much in this paragraph, but I think what I really want to focus on this morning is this phenomenon of craving is limited to this class and doesn't occur, never occurs in the average temperate drinker. You know, I knew from the time I was young, I had no off switch. That was the only way I could describe it. I didn't know about addiction, but I knew I had no off switch that it seemed like other people had. And I guess I didn't realize I was always looking to get satisfied. I thought if I could find that bite that would kind of really end the binge, this phenomenon of craving would be on. And I just wondered how other people did stop. How did they turn off? Like I figured they just had a technique that I didn't have. I didn't realize they had, you know, this this normal reaction to to foods and ingredients. I have this allergy, this abnormal reaction. And that's really what the doctor's talking about is is an allergy, is an abnormal reaction. Something different happens for me bodily and mentally when I eat certain foods, not all foods, but certain foods. Barbara, it seems like we've lost you. Can you get you to come back on with the star one, please? And then it looks like we'll catch up with Penny C in just a minute. Sure. Yeah, sorry about that. And unmuted. Um, or it must have muted me. But it just it seems like normal people hit a certain point and they get satisfied. They eat something, get satisfied. I eat and get dissatisfied. And that is my abnormal reaction, but it really is to only certain foods. I, I I can eat a lot of celery and, you know, but once my jaw gets tired, once I'm tired of chewing, I've had enough and I don't need any more and I stop. And it's not hard to stop. There's no fight. 
Um, I've never experienced that sensation with a piece of bread ever in my life since I was a kid. So I know I have an abnormal reaction. The doctor describes it perfectly. And he uses the word never occurs in the average temperate drinker. And I looked up temperate. I was curious about that. And it really means like mild or moderate. Folks aren't doing this because they have so much more willpower than I do. I had a lot of power in my will. When I wanted to eat, I found a way to eat. I don't know. It's just they never, they have an off switch that I don't have. And once I came to accept that, and thank God for vision, really helped me understand, really helped me see, I'm just not going to have that off switch, but I I don't have to fight. There is no fight. I just have to be very aware of what am I allergic to? That's the big question. It's not all food for me. What am I allergic to? And so, and if I can, it's how free do I want to be? The doctor's recommending if one, if they don't pick it up, the phenomenon of craving isn't going to happen. So anyway, with that, I pass. Thanks for letting me share this morning. Thank you, Barbara P. And now I'm ready to take more names, but first let me remind us that um, here at Vision for You, we ask that if you've shared in the last two days, that would be Wednesday or Thursday, that you step back and give other people, allow other people to have their voices heard. So who would like to share? May I share now? Hold on. I first. Let's stop for a moment, please. I'm going to ask you to begin again. Somebody with the initial P. Irene B. Irene B. Okay. Do L. Do L. Did I hear do L? Yes. Okay, thank you. Paul T. Paul? Paul Paul. T. is in Tom. Paul T., yeah. Sonia Rick D. Is in Sonia D is in David. Thank you. I have Irene B, Du L, Paul T, Sonia D. Anyone else who gave me the name and I didn't get it? Rick J. Rick J. One more. Susan H. Susan H. Okay, nice. Nice lineup. Okay, let's have um, Irene B. Would you start us off, please, on this this group? Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Thank you so much for your service. I'm Irene B., a gratefully recovering clinic. Um, Very grateful to have the opportunity to share and and have some clarity. I'm big on clarity. I, I, there is one cent, one line in here. Their reliance upon things human. We lost our self-confidence because our reliance once was on things human. Reliance on things human. That speaks to me because my entire life I was to be totally and utterly self-reliant and um and that didn't work very well for me. And uh, willpower, it was all about willpower, willpower and self-reliance. 
and that's not what it's about. And it's funny, I planned the whole talk on, on this little paragraph. I knew what I wanted to share, and all of that is gone. And, and this thing about reliance on things human is what's really speaking to me. So that I, God must be telling me, focus on that. Well, I relied on things human, which was food, to disassociate and to know myself from my feelings because I couldn't handle my feelings. And it got, I, I relied on this so much that I didn't know how I was feeling over time because it started at a very early age. Over time, people would say, when in therapy, people would ask me, the therapist, okay, what was going on? Why, why did you binge? And I was like, I don't know. Well, how were you feeling? I don't know. All I knew is that I wanted to binge, that I needed to eat. I didn't feel my feelings because I relied on food to be my God. And, of course, my body got used to it. It became conditioned. Then I had no control over it, like Pavlov's dog. You know, anything happened, you eat, good, bad, or sad, or indifferent. <laughs> you just needed to eat. I needed to eat. And that's my story. But in, I went to four inpatient treatment centers, four outpatient treatment centers. And this is for the benefit of the newcomers. It's like you are in the right place. Because until I came to these groups, to these rooms, I was lost. Because I thought it was all about self-reliance. It's not about that. It's about God-reliance. And the allergy of the body, man, it sucks and it's real. And it's good to know that. But the solution is in working the steps because working the steps helps me connect to the source of power that will compensate my poor willpower because I don't know how much power I have on my own, but I know it wasn't enough. Nowhere near enough, but with God in me, I can do this. With program, with your help, with my God, I can do this. And there is so much more to be said about this, but I better pass. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Irene B. And now, Do L. Good morning, Do. Good morning. Uh, this is Do L, Recover Compulsive Reader. I'm grateful to be here. Um, yeah, this paragraph differentiates the true compulsible reader from the non-compulsible reader. And the we is the doctors and Dr. Silkworth. They came up with this um, idea that these chronic alcoholics had an allergy. And this allergy was a manifestation of a hypersensitivity to certain substances that caused them to react differently. And so, you know, and it was after they ingested the alcohol. And so what, what they're saying is here, it never occurs in the average tempered drinker. Never means not even one time. So a man can never have children. That's a fact. They do not have the capacity or the ability or <laughs> the genetics or anything to cause them to have children. Same thing with women. You know, women can never uh, 
you know, have the ability to produce children in the way that they can inseminate another person. They don't have that capacity. Um, it will never happen. And they're saying these temper, average temper eaters are that same way. But for us, it also said that these allergic types, if I am this type, I can never, again, not even one time, safely means without danger, use it in any form at all. So what are the forms? For alcoholics, the form might be beer, wine, and hard liquor. But what is the key ingredient for all those drinks? It is alcohol, ethanol. Same thing for me as a compulsive eater. You know, there are many, many different foods. There are many different forms of foods. But what are the key ingredients that cause me to have this allergic reaction, right? For me, I have added sugar, added salt, added, added fat, right? Now, I'm not saying that's for everybody, but when you look at the key ingredients and you eliminate those key ingredients, then you eliminate all those foods that cause you that allergy. And it says here that if you eliminate that, then you do not have the allergy. It's never introduced into your body. And that's a great news because I tried and tried and tried, and I never was able to break out of that vicious cycle until I identify what was killing me. I need to identify the keys that are ki uh, the the key foods that are killing me, and then leave them alone, and then work the rest of the program to get the recovery that I need. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Duel. And next is Paul T. Good morning, Paul. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Uh, Paul T, compulsive overeater. Um, this is my second meeting, and I am just on fire with hope. Um, I I can't even explain it. Um, but something stood out to me uh, in the reading. Uh, their problems pile up on them and became astonishingly difficult to solve. Um, I can relate to that very much. Uh, there was a point in my life I'd just given up, and I was... Um, <clears throat> disappointed I even woke up, alive or dead. Um, but having gotten a sponsor, having gotten uh, in touch with a vision for you, I, I my life has changed radically in the past 24 hours. Um, I, I, I just, I can't thank you all enough. I can't thank God enough. And thank you to everyone who contacted me reaching out. I'm still that self-centered, selfish person. And it may take me a while to start getting out there, but I just had to say thank you. And I'll pass. Thank you, Paul T. We're really happy you're here. Next is Sonia D. 
Sonia D. Hi, this is Sonia. I'm sorry, uh, I I didn't unmute. Okay, um, uh, I'm Sonia. I'm a recovered compulsive eater, uh, and I use the word recovered as I see it on um, the title page. How many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism? So, um, and I have recovered. I've worked the steps with a recovered sponsor. And um, by the grace of God, I am recovered, and the promises on pages 83, 84, and I will get to the paragraph, I'm sorry. But I, I, to start off with the paragraph, what I've learned since be, being back in um, OA this time, my eyes are totally open, so I can relate to the gentleman that just spoke before me. I had a total spiritual experience and psychic change by following the book, and um and listening to the promises. And one thing I learned, it's so hard when I sponsor people, one thing I've learned is to try to help people differentiate what I've learned, as I have learned, to differentiate the difference between the allergy of the alcoholics, as described in the book, and an allergy of the, of the compulsive overeater. Um, my, uh, I was a sugar addict sugar, fats, white flour, anything like that. Um, I would just, you know, when I went into a chronic stage, I could not stop eating those foods, gained a lot of weight and became unhealthy. So um, I've learned since that it's not an allergy to sugar that I had. It's a behavior. My my adverse uh, allergy back then meant a, a bad reaction to something. And my behavior was my bad reaction, was my allergy. And it started in my mind with my thoughts. And once I worked the steps and, and you know, did all my steps for the amends, day, on a daily basis, my maintenance is 10, 11, 12 for the rest of my life to keep me um, abstinent and recovered. And uh, I've learned that on page, and I'll get back, go to that page now, the promises start, I believe, on page 83 to 85. And one of them, may I read from that? I know we're on your paragraph, but may I read? And we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even food. For by this time, sanity will have returned. We will seldom be interested in food. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. That promise had come had cut that was my life this is my life i no long i recoil from sugary foods now you can put them in front of me i could probably take a bite of it but i have no desire uh and this is someone that couldn't stop and thought about it every waking hour and ate when i when i when i could and i probably dreamed about it also the the bad you know my quote unquote alcoholic foods but it isn't about the food for me, and what I've learned from this book, it's more about my behavior and my desire, as this book states, to eat for ease and comfort. Okay, that's time, Sonia. Sorry if I've gone over. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Sonia D. And now Rick J. 
Uh, good morning, Penny. Uh, this is Rick J. I am a compulsive overeater in Cary, North Carolina. Uh, recovered, but not cured. Uh, dear friend of mine always says that, and I I love that. Um, and that's true. This uh, you know this allergy that I have is uh, it is a chronic condition. It's it's part of me. It's part of my DNA. And um, I love the you know the uh, the allergy, this this uh, phenomenon of craving, is uh, is going to occur when I eat those certain foods and ingredients. And I've loved listening to everybody share. Um, yeah, the uh, I love the you know I I have no off switch. It's if there ever was one, it's it's broken. Um, and you know that's what I have to understand about myself. You know these certain these foods and ingredients, um, they light me up. It's it's like this this explosion. Um, and it, it happens every time I've ever taken these um, these ingredients. That's what my body reacts to, and and it's these foods and ingredients that change the way I feel. Um, and that's the um, the mental obsession is going to drive me back to these foods to you know to look for this sense of relief, this this brief relief that's going to occur. And of course, as soon as they hit me. You know, it's like uh, a fire, you know, hitting gasoline. It's just immediately going to explode. And um, thinking about step one, you know, um, I am powerless over food and my life become unmanageable. That is what's going on. That's what I'm truly powerless over is this combination of this mental obsession that is going to bring me back to this food that's going to lock me in to this phenomenon of craving that I cannot break. Um, and and even though I've got recovery now, that is not going to change. If I eat those foods and ingredients, that is exactly what's going to happen. This is, this is a condition that's permanent. And um, I can never safely use these foods and ingredients in any form at all, in any form at all. Um, it said on, you know, a couple pages, you know, ago, the body even of the alcoholic is quite as abnormal as his mind. So, you know, I've, I've got this mental thing going on, which is abnormal. My mind is abnormal and the uh, reaction to these foods, um, this physical reaction is abnormal. So anyway, just good to be here and it's good to be reminded of exactly what it is I'm dealing with here. You know, when I'm saying I'm powerless over food and my life is unmanageable, this is what it's talking about. This is what I'm dealing with. Um, so one day at a time, uh, working the steps, connecting with my higher power, using the fellowship, um, I'm going to stay recovered but not cured just for today. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Rick J. And next we have Susan H., Hi, this is Susan H. I'm a grateful recovered overreader in Ohio. Um, I am so grateful that we are again reading Doctor's Opinion. I love it. Doctor's Opinion, when I read it with a guide, a recovered guide, shows me that my problem is is a disease. It's not just my inherent badness. (laughs) And while seemingly hopeless, there really is a solution. This, this paragraph talks about the abnormality, the, the allergy of the body. Um, as 
a couple pages ago, it said our bodies were sickened and any picture that squeezed this out is incomplete. I can never safely use these allergic ingredients because, as was said, I am powerless. I am powerless and my life is unmanageable. Um, my program and this book has shown me, has introduced me to and given me access to a higher power, which is not me. And I'm still amazed by the help and the guidance I get every day. Um, we're focusing on the, the physical allergy here, which is <laughs> as real as it gets, I remember all the times that I have started out thinking, I'll have one, but if I have one, there's not enough in the world to fill me. And I look forward to going on from talking about the physical aspect to the mental twist, which leads me back into it. If I'm not spiritually fit, so I'm very grateful for where I am today. I'm very grateful to get a chance to share. And uh, I thank you all for being my fellows in this program. I pass. Thank you, Susan H. Okay, and now I'm ready to take more names. But first, let me remind you where we are. We are in the big book, and we're on Roman numeral XXVIII. And we're just reading one paragraph and sharing on that. That's the first paragraph on that page, which starts with, we believe. So I'm taking names of anyone who wants to share who hasn't already shared in the last two days. Who would like to be on that list? Diane C. Diane C. Diane C. Who's after Diane I mean, Maria B. Compulsive reader. Can you hear me? I think I got an Eileen. And who said she's a compulsive reader? Maria B. Maureen? Maria. 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 I don't think you can hear me. Hold on a second. Allergy? Don't you see? Maria B. I said. All right, let's, let's, let me regroup here. Let me regroup here. Um, Diane C., I think there was an Eileen. Uh, Maria. Was there a Gloria? Maria B. Maria B. Thank you. Okay, so I have Diane C., Eileen, Gloria, Somebody with the last initial G, who was that? Pamela. Pamela? G, yes. Joy All right. C. So, okay. So um, no Gloria, I guess. Someone's helping me here. Thank you. All right. So here's who I have. Let's see if I can regroup here. Diane C., Eileen, Pamela, or Pamela G., Joni C., and Maria B., so let's start with um, Diane C. this time. Diane? Diane C.? Hi, sorry, I'm here. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for, um, for your service this morning. Um, this is Diane C. from Baltimore. Happy to be here. And um, this paragraph is just chock full. Um, <clears throat> I have been focusing on the word chronic in the first sentence. Um, I, I, know, I know generally what chronic means, but I, I did a little research in Merriam-Webster and chronic means persisting for a long time or constantly recurring. And then I looked up recur. And to recur means to occur again periodically or repeatedly. And then periodically means from time to time or occasionally. And repeatedly means over and over again or constantly. So with all of these definitions, um, this just reinforces that I'm exactly where I need to be. This allergy is constant in my body, but its manifestation in my behavior is uneven. What happens in my mind is uneven. I have a mental twist. I have a built-in forgetter that kicks in, and I think, oh, like Bill W. on page 5, where he has periods of sobriety, or he had periods of sobriety, I have had periods of sobriety. I've had periods of abstinence. I have periods, I've had periods of eating on plan. So I thought, uh, you know, I could eat my allergic foods, but I could never stay stopped. And I just couldn't figure out why. Now I know, and I am so grateful that I now know I thought, like most of us, that I just was weak, that I didn't have enough willpower. But the reality is I do have willpower, but it's not an antidote to the allergy. Um, so I am just so grateful for this, this information and a, a plan and action steps that follow and for, for all that we have in the 12 steps in this fellowship. I have a sign in my laundry room that says, I ate my willpower. And it always brings a lot of laughs, you know, for whoever happens upon my laundry room. Um, and now I know, yep, that's it. I ate my willpower. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Diane C. And now do we have an Eileen? Eileen? Yes, okay, Eileen D. Eileen D. Okay. Yes. Go ahead, Eileen. Hi, thanks. Yes, good morning. Hi, I Eileen D. from Maryland, and thank you for your service. Um, this paragraph jumped out at me as well, uh, especially the last part of it. Once we realize that we have we lost our confidence and reliance upon things human, the problems pile up on them and become astonishingly difficult to solve. And that's the part, the astonishingly difficult to solve, that just grasped me. That was my life uh, before program. And any time I thought I was cured and could leave program, I found that I couldn't solve this problem called food and this this life called Eileen. Um, It took coming back in the room to realize that uh, I have to tell people all the time you know, and they say, oh, just try a little bit of this sweet thing because sugar is my main, uh, absolute main um, uh, f- food that I cannot eat. 
um, just have a little peace. I, I have to tell them after if they don't get it because I look normal and the world sees it because of program, I have to tell them that uh, one bite of that and it will be 75 pounds before I stop. And I literally mean that. I remember picking up the food, sugar, in 1998. And uh, I was off to the races to the point where um, I was at my daughter's party and um, it was her friend's birthday party. And there was uh, the dessert, you know, the main headline for the birthday. And I kept going back. And I wasn't even the invited. I was, my daughter was invited, not me. So I had to, you know, and my daughter said, Mom, half the, you know, sweet stuff is eaten. And I thought, oh, my goodness. And it took me years and years to recognize. I don't know why. I don't know why I was such a stubborn case. But I'm one of those fellows that cannot or uh, now I, I can say I, I, I do, uh, but at the time I didn't want to um, follow the steps. I didn't want to get serious about taking the steps. And then when I did, what a remarkable, life-changing, transforming. Uh, my personality became different. Uh, I became kinder. I was less edgy. And that's because it was so impossible to solve without program. And so thank you all for being here and it and for sharing. And I'll pass. Thank you, Eileen D. And I think who we have is Carmela G on the line. Is this Carmela here? Yes, thank you so much, Penny. I wasn't sure if there was a Pamela and I said okay, so I won't share today. But um it's Carmela G, a grateful recovered compulsive overeater from New York. And um, this sums up my entire life. The, the, the doctor's opinion is what hooked me to go into OA. Um, it was the only thing that made sense. And the manifestation of the allergy, which I never realized I had until I entered this program, that triggered such a reaction in me, the phenomenon of craving, that I didn't know how to live life. So it was really the food that was the driving force. So I would go to work if things weren't going right. I I would get frustrated, so I'd have to eat. You see, I was obsessed with finding more food to replenish. I had to feed that allergy. It had to. So it was consuming me. And, of course, things were piling up. But today, in recovery, the gift, um, these last couple of weeks, life has been extremely difficult um, with family member dying and unexpected death and, and my own illness. But yet, I was able to have the fortitude the clear thinking as to what to do next, and not for Carmela, but for my loved ones around me. And only this program allowed that. Without this program, I would have been someone who was very, very ugly during what I just finished going through. But yet this program allowed me to show love and kindness 
and approach the medical team caring for my loved one like a a civil human being with love and kindness. And that's what this program has taught me. And I can't believe I had to come into this program so late in life, after six decades, to finally realize how to live this life, this design for living, without allowing the food to be my driving force. And today, God is, and that I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Carmela G. And next on the list is Joni C., your turn. This is Joni C. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Thank you. I'm Joni C. from Minnesota, and um, I am so grateful to be here, and I'm so grateful for this paragraph. I'm so grateful for the doctor's opinion. Um, I'd been in away maybe six months before I came to vision, and I heard right away about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, and that just astounded me. It was like, wow, you mean there's an answer here? And it was so amazing, Um, and um, that's basically what I wanted to say. So with that, I pass. Thank you, Joni C. Maria B., it's your turn. Um, I'm here. I want to thank you for your service. My name is Maria B. I'm a compulsive overeater from New York. Can you hear me? Well, anyway, I want to say that I related much to the beginning, the phenomenon of craving, and I also related to the word chronic that was read recently. And I, too, have had periods of abstinence. But um, in terms of what to avoid, the phenomenon of craving, I know what that is. Uh, So the white stuff and the sugar, I mean, that's probably my main problem, I would say, I was at one time 340 pounds, and I lost most of it, and that's a bit if I gain it back. Well, anyway, this has been a great meeting for me. Uh, people, uh, the sharing helped me greatly, and uh, thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Maria B. And now we have time for... Three more compulsive overeaters who would uh, like to share. Who would like to do that? Vivian M. Vivian. Hello, Hi, this is Rachel. Okay, so here's we got. We got Vivian, somebody with the initial last initial T, and Raquel. Okay. Jennifer C. No, we don't, that's all, I'm sorry, that's all we have time for, but there is another meeting unrecorded right after this, so um, those who didn't get a chance can share there. Vivian, will you start and give me your initial of your last name, please? Yes, this is Vivian M., and I'm calling from Vermont. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today. 
And I just want to thank you so much for your service and I'm grateful to be here today. Um, yeah, this paragraph is, is just just really sums a lot of it up for me. Um, I always thought analogy meant that if you got bitten by something or if you had to eat something, not necessarily a binge food for me, but something that didn't uh, give you a hives or you'd break out in something, or you'd itch or you'd whatever. There would be some kind of a physical, it would show physically, and I would just say, gee, okay, well, I, I didn't stay away from bees. I better spray myself or whatever the case may be. There was always an outside solution. It was always looking for something that someone else had done to make those things go away from me. And what I break out, and, you know, it's interesting, early on in my program, many, many years ago, they used to joke about it and say, oh, yes, I'm allergic. I break out in fat. And, you know, that is part of it. I do break out in fat. But what I broke out in more than fat was such horrendous judgment and nastiness and the inability to live in the world without being thinking that everything was supposed to come my way and so so many ways that I behaved that was so inappropriate in terms of the respect for people in this but it all came back to myself. I had no respect for myself. I, I thought I was the center of the universe. I was either the best or the worst. I'd be I'm an extremist. I'm a Jekyll and Hyde and everything they say in this book uh, that people are when they're in their addiction, and this is a huge addiction for me. This is a very powerful addiction. And when I see that there is a solution, that what I have to do is accept the fact that this is an allergy, and my mind is twisted. I do not think straight when it comes to certain substances that I put in my body. I want them because I want my mind to shut off the second I put something in my mouth that I am allergic to. Um, my mind shuts off. Well, it doesn't take long though for my mind to keep, to shut to turn back on again. And as soon as it does, the behaviors come back twofold, tenfold. Because not only uh, am I going cold turkey again, holding on to dear life, like Garfield, I'm just hanging in there by a thread. I don't know how to stop it, and all I think about is how angry I am. It's just insane thinking. I am literally insane when I eat these foods that are my um, allergic foods, and it affects every part of my life. And then, of course, my life is unmanageable because I'm not thinking clearly. I don't know how to think clearly. And I've always gone to somebody, some human, to fix me. Because I thought, certainly, you know better than I do, because this is a disease of low self-esteem. I'm an egomaniac who suffers from low self-esteem. So either I think I'm better than everybody or I'm worse than everybody. If I'm better, I have to tell you what to do. If I'm worse, you have to tell me. That's time, Vivian. Thank you so much. I just want to wrap it up by saying I am so grateful that I finally found the solution in these pages and in this fellowship. Uh, It is changed my life, and I am eternally grateful. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. And did was there um, a woman by the whose last initial is T, perhaps Gwen T? One H. One H. All right, go ahead. Gwen H., we've, I find that we only have um, four minutes, so 
do you think you could take two and we'll leave two for Raquel? Oh, absolutely. Okay, go ahead. Okay, thank you. I'm Gwen H. Multiple reader from Minnesota. And I just really wanted to share a paragraph because my recovery journey, this is the paragraph that opened the door to recovery for me. When I read that um, the chronic alcoholic is uh, it's a manifestation of an allergy, I I thought, what? I have, this is a medical condition? And that just blew me away. I could not believe that there was uh, a medical reason for the way I behave around certain substances that other people didn't react to the same way. I thought everyone reacted the same way. And then it went on to say that you know, this allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all, which in the beginning of my recovery was actually alcohol. But you know, alcohol is loaded with sugar. Um, and I found that you know, as time has gone by, I'll use any substance looking for comfort and ease. And uh, this just gave me so much hope that this was the, the first step that I found in accepting that I had something wrong with me and that there could be something done about it. And I'm just so grateful that I can share this with you. Thank you so much. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, Gwen H. Can you see, are you there? If not, we'll go right into Raquel E. with your two minutes, please. Raquel, press star one, please, madam. Okay, I was muted. I'm sorry. I'm having a hard time keeping track of that. Raquel. Perhaps Raquel is having a hard time connecting. So I think what we're going to do is is, um, get into closing right now then, and perhaps Raquel E. can share on the next meeting. So um, we're going to now thank I'm going to thank everyone for sharing today. Um, Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, the 7 a.m. meeting, 15,119-15119. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. So I'm going to ask... Um, Irene, Irene B. B. Go ahead, Irene. Uh, okay. This is Irene B. from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. 
if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. And I pass. Thank you for allowing me to be of service. Penny C., do you want to um, come back on the line? And there's a little bit more to read in the closing of 164. Yes, with some, I don't have that right in front of me. Do you have it now? Okay. Um, Okay. Oh, I see. I'm so sorry. Okay, this is my first time reading, y'all. Please forgive me. Okay, here we go. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 